Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Rematch the Golfie Team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamperin. Another Saturday is here. Good morning, Rob. Good morning to all our listeners. Rob Golfie is a sales representative with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfie Team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L. FI.com. Follow the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We do have a couple of listener questions that we will get to. One's from Brian, one's from Laura on two different topics. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to talk about how long should a house stay on the market. And we're going to analyze the Toronto housing market because, uh, man, Oh man, it has changed over the last uh, 20 or so years or 30 or so years. 1992 versus 2021. There's a fantastic uh, article. I think it was in the Toronto Star in which a, uh, a columnist reflects on buying a home in 92 and how he and his wife simply probably... Uh, could not afford that same house in 2021. It is truly remarkable. But to begin the show, uh, we are going to take a look at some unbelievable numbers from the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington. 1,582 homes were sold in May of 2021. Now, that's down 16% from last month, but up 66% from May of 2020. New listings down 31% last month up 39% compared to last May. And the average price of a residential property here in the Hamilton-Burlington area, uh, just over $833,000. That's down 3% from April, but up 27% from May of 2020. At first blush, your thoughts on uh, these numbers. Things are uh, things are uh, starting to stabilize. Um, certain certain areas in Hamilton, because it's affordable, there's still there's still a little bit of a, a, a rise in, in average sale price. But uh, Burlington had a significant drop because it's an expensive area. And uh, uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's changing happening. It's good for the uh, uh, buyers out there that uh, um, you know they, you know we're starting to see uh, houses now uh, not have multiple offers and. And they're not coming in all at the same time, um, and and, uh, and 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 they're putting conditions in there. So you, you know what, it, 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 it's looking good for buyers out there. Now they're not like March, April in some areas. They got tremendous. Like the the market just skyrocketed. So, um, but it doesn't mean that housing prices are going down. They're just not going up to that level. And but we're still up from last year. Uh, it's just that. If somebody's looking at selling their house, they're not going to probably get what their neighbors got if they sold two months ago. It's just, uh, or a month ago, it's just not going to happen unless your house is like pristine, everything's done. And and if it's managed right on on the agent that lists the house, he knows how to uh, deal with it. No problem. Uh, there's there's certain ways and certain experience that you need to, to to list a house to get multiple offers. Now you have to be very very experienced. Interesting to note in terms of the number of sales from April to May, just in Hamilton, it was down uh, about three percent, but the average sale price was up. 
3%, from $781,000 in April to $801,000. So that's interesting. In Burlington, however, sales were down 2%. The average price was down 5%. It's now just under a million dollars at $997,000. Niagara, sales down 14%. The average price down 3%, and again, this is from April to May. And uh, Brantford saw a bit of a bump, 5% in terms of the number of sales uh, higher, and uh, also the average sale price up 4%. So uh, when looking at Hamilton, you know, sales down a bit, average sale price up a bit. Is that a trend yeah. that may continue? Is that a, a blip, or how would you describe that? I think we're just uh, we're just going to probably see a little bit of a different tune maybe uh, the month of June. Uh, uh, so when we get our July stats, you're going to see it's going to kind of level off, and uh, and and we'll probably be at even par, or it'll it'll start uh, dropping a bit. Uh, it just it just can't keep sustaining to keep going up. So now so now the the market is adjusting. It's starting to adjust right now. It's it's starting to go back to a nice stabilized market. You're going to start seeing buyers going in with a condition in, in their uh, home inspections, which you know, which is good. They should because I'll tell you, there's a lot of surprises uh, out there with um, uh, with with buyers buying their houses and they're moving in. And uh, there was, I think, there was an article in the paper. I, uh, actually, we could talk about that on the next uh, next week. But uh, but yeah, no, I think things are things are stabilizing and it's and it's good for buyers out there. Let's talk about average days on market because I always find this interesting. And a little later on, we'll talk about how long uh, should a house stay on the market. In Hamilton, the average days on market in May of 2021 was a mere 12.7 days. That's lightning quick. Uh, It was 30.2 days in May of 2020. As we know, we were in the height of the pandemic and some of the chaos and some of the things that everyone was changing at that time. In Burlington, just the same. The average days on market in May of 2020 was 29.7. 9.7. That was just 11.3 uh, last month. So homes are still selling quickly. That that probably means they're priced right. They're priced right. Yeah, they're selling very quickly, and uh, it's just uh, it's moving. And and what happens is with sellers right now, if your house is not gone in two weeks, they get kind of it's kind of frustrating. It, it, it it's frustrating for the realtor, and it's also frustrating for the seller because all their friends and family they're saying, "Well, you haven't sold your house yet. You had it on the market for five <laughs> days, and you don't have an offer." It's like yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty crazy how people are talking out there, and it and uh, so and it, and it makes it tough for the the seller because the seller's not really given the whole story when they're telling their friends about their house. Well, I kind of, I kind of went higher on the price. <laughs> I didn't listen to my agent. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's, there's always two stories to every, uh, every, there's two sides to every uh, story. So, so it just, uh, so they should, but they never tell that to their friends. They, right. they just keep punching that realtor saying, well, <laughs> you haven't sold our house yet. That's funny. So, but so- yeah, no, things are, things are moving uh, still, still moving along. Great. It's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really good. It's, it's moving strongly. Let's go through some of the, uh, Hamilton Burlington uh, neighborhoods. We'll start with Ancaster and we're looking at uh, the average price from January to May, January 1.1 million. Uh, I, I should say 1.109 million because the comparative in May was 1.184 million. So a bit of a bump and you're calling Ancaster a good market for May. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good market. Um, they are still uh, rising in, in price. I think they're doing better than Burlington, to tell you the truth. Um, so, you know, right now in May, their, their average price was uh, 1.184. 
uh, a million, and uh, it's 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 a good market in Lancaster. There's always people are moving there. Like uh, people in Burlington are moving there. People uh, from uh, from Hamilton. That's where the next you know the business community uh, is moving there. It's uh, it's it's a strong market and it's growing. It's growing. Everybody wants to be an Lancaster resident. Average price in Hamilton Central back in January was $494,000. That seems like a steal because it's gone up about uh, almost $80,000 in May to an average price of $572,000. You're saying that Hamilton Central is stabilizing. Yeah, it's stabilizing. See, at the height, you could see in uh, in March, uh, it, it reached a, a height of $603,000. And now we're at five hundred and seventy-two thousand. So, so it's uh, it's starting it's starting to calm down. It's stabilizing. It's it's doing good. So um, soon, um, you know, again, buyers will be able to put an offer in and, and 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 not have to be so pressured to to come in with a high number because there's three four other offers. Uh, it just depends on on the listing. I, I I think right now you have to be very very careful if you're holding offers because you will deter a percentage of. Um, the buyers going to look at that that uh, house because they're not going to want to compete anymore, and we're finding a lot of agents right now are, uh, are you know when when they're holding offers let's say whatever day it is they're not getting any offers. So sometimes it's good to uh, look at the house, and if they don't get offers, say hey listen I've got an offer for you here it is, and uh, and we're not competing and sometimes you might win. Now usually when they're holding offers it it, it is usually. Uh, a certain percentage below market value. So don't be afraid to go higher than what they're asking because they actually underlisted it. But it's just because uh, the buyer fatigue out there, buyers are not willing to compete against each other. So somebody has a house listed at 550, but it, it is worth 600. You might be able to get it for 590. So that's, so actually, so it's a good way to keep a, keep an eye on the market and, and, and work the market. But, but, uh, I, and the, but the hard thing with buyers is that they go into the house, they fall in love and then they want the house. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, and that's the hard, hard part about it is, is that, uh, they fall in love and then that's when they get all crazy and start putting, uh, more money into it. And if there's somebody else, so it just depends. But, but again, um, working with, um, uh, working with holding offers is, I think is, you know, I, I, am not a, a big fan of it as much. We do get multiple offers when we, when we just put 48 hours irrevocable on all our listings. Hamilton East, uh, the average price in January was five eighty one. It climbed to a high of six twenty nine in May. What's going on in Hamilton East? Uh, Hamilton East, yeah. So they've uh, uh, well, they came at six five eighty one, but the height of it was uh, at six twenty two, six hundred twenty two thousand seven hundred in March. Now they're at six hundred and thirty thousand, which it's actually still not too doing too bad. Uh, I, I, I wrote down a significant drop on there that that was wrong. But it's 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 stabilizing. But it's actually Hamilton East is strong. It's very strong. Um, it's uh, it's still showing some uh, legs on uh, on the area. So we'll probably see uh, it stabilize more next month. But, uh, but yeah, definitely uh, uh, things are, are are strong in Hamilton East more than anywhere else. Got one more minute. I want to squeeze in Hamilton West. The market is up for May. It started in January at 606, went to 637 in February, 689 in March, back down to 639 in April, but it's back way up to 697 in May. Wow. 
Yeah, no, I just, that just, I can't believe that. Uh, just incredible. So I don't know if people are starting to get uh, confidence and maybe starting to buy properties for, uh, for the upcoming school year in, uh, in September, because, uh, I'm, we're hoping that, you know, we're all going to end up going back to school. Everything's going to be back to normal, hopefully in the fall, once everybody gets vaccinated. But yeah, Hamilton West, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's picked up back. It's, it's got uh, a second life there. It's really picked up quite a bit. After the break, we're going to check out the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington stats for Stony Creek, Burlington, Niagara. We'll travel up the mountain as well, and we'll also talk about uh, how long a house should stay on the market. And we have a couple of listener email questions to get to as well. And if you have a question, email the Golfie team at questions at robgolfie.com. You're listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. On the line once again is Rob Gulfy, sales representative with Remax's Gartman Realty, the Gulfy team. You can find them on the World Wide Web. RobGulfy.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. The phone number is 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Follow the Golfie team on social media. They're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you have a topic idea for a future show or a question for the Golfie team that you would like answered on a future program, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We have listener email questions to get to from Laura and Brian, so stay tuned for that. We'll also talk about the front lines of Hamilton's rental market. It is apparently a complete nightmare, but we're continuing our discussion about the latest stats, the May stats, from the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington. There's some upticks here, there's some downticks there. Uh, We're going neighborhood to neighborhood, and we find ourselves in Lower Stony Creek. January of 2021, the average Sale price was seven hundred seventy thousand dollars. It peaked in March at eight forty, down to eight twelve last month. Yeah, it's it's uh, slowly adjusting. So it's it's uh, it's showing some a, a little bit of adjustment there, and uh, and I wouldn't doubt that we're probably going to be at seven ninety nine in uh, in June average sale price, hmm. uh, just under the hundred mark uh, uh, for the month of June. And, and there, you know what? And the funny thing about this market that we're in, uh, Rick, uh, in, in, uh, in 1990, when the market uh, uh, hit, like, the, oh, no, let's say 2017, it was like a slam, shut the door, boom, sudden change within 60 days, like just boom, boom, boom. It just, uh, it totally, it just totally shut down, went quiet. There, there's, this is kind of like a little cooling it's like you know you're approaching uh you know the 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 lights and there's nobody in front of you nobody behind you you're kind of breaking like a you know half a kilometer just before the lights just slowly and until you come to a stop and that's what's happening with the market now it's just kind of slowly slow slow uh where it's adjusting to which is which is actually really good really really good versus uh like the the door the light switch went off and then and the adjustment happens within six weeks like rapidly so this is actually a, a good sign that it's you know it's going to be good for buyers and it's also and and and, and it's cooling for and it's great for the sellers because it's not like a dramatic uh, uh adjustment seems like that slow roll in terms of the average sale price uh, certainly uh, took hold in burlington it started at one million nine hundred thousand in or one million nine ninety thousand pardon me in january uh, february went to one point oh five two 
March 1.096, April back to 1051, and then in May, $997,000. So under a million bucks. What's happening in Burlington? Yeah, just, you know what? They just, it, it just increased quite a bit. They're part of the G, uh, uh, GT, uh, uh, the GT the Toronto market and uh, and they probably you got a lot of the Toronto people moving towards Burlington because it, it wasn't uh, going over the Skyway Bridge or down the four, the, the 403 and uh, so you you had a tremendous amount of uh, sales there so it, now it's it's adjusting itself so um, it, 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 it might be pretty close to adjustment I can't see it getting under 950 uh, Burlington's still a great market but uh, again it's great for buyers uh, they can go in there with a little bit of breathing room, not worrying about uh, uh, adjustments. The key thing, I'll tell you, the key thing in, the, in this market, if somebody's not holding offers, the key thing to get the house is is almost get in there in the first two days of the listing uh, listed and try to make a deal with the uh, with the seller right away uh, before there's even more. And the key, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, if you're a buyer and you're buying in this market, try to buy it. Uh, uh, between Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because the heavy showings happening, and it, it depends when the agent lists it too. If an agent lists a house on Monday, fantastic. Those are the ones that you're going to get a better deal on. The ones that are listed on a Thursday, they're going to go into the weekend. You're not going to get that deal. But the ones that listed on Monday, uh, the agents list on Monday, and it doesn't give a chance for the Toronto agents to get in there to look at it on the weekend. So, so you got to try to make your deal there on Tuesday and Wednesday, even Thursday sometimes. But Tuesday, Wednesday, bingo, that is where you are going to be a winner in, in negotiating on any listing. But it, but again, you have to wait. To, like With us right now, we're listing on Thursdays, Wednesdays, late Wednesdays, Thursday mornings, because we know the bookings are going to happen Thursday, Friday, and, uh, and they're all coming in on the weekend, and we don't want to miss any buyer in the world coming to look at your house. So, so that's a key factor right there. So as a buyer, if you, if, if, if there's try to buy it on Tuesday, Wednesday, um, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday as a, uh, you know, as a seller, you better, yeah, I wouldn't list anything, uh, around, I, I'd list on Thursday, Thursday morning, Wednesday night. Hmm. Uh, before we go to uh, Niagara and the Hamilton Mountain, I just wanted to uh, shine a spotlight on the comparison between Ancaster and Burlington, because it, it appears that Ancaster is the new Burlington. Uh, back in January, yeah. uh, you know, Burlington was one million nine thousand. Uh, Ancaster was one point one. They both were around one million fifty thousand. Ancaster was one million sixty thousand in February. Um, almost the same in March, although Ancaster was about fifty sixty thousand dollars more than Burlington. Um, nearly the same in April. Burlington was one oh five one. Ancaster was one million eighty five. But in May, Burlington under a million nine ninety seven. Ancaster one point one eight four. So is Ancaster just holding the value a little longer? Ancasters, yeah, they're just uh, for some reason the demand there is uh, is strong. Uh, people just they just want to get away, and, and Ancaster's got a lot of uh, properties with a, a lot of uh, land. Like I mean, you know, you can get a, sometimes you can get bigger properties out there. But yeah, no, there's uh, it's just it's just uh, you know people are moving out that way. The G, uh, you know with Toronto and, and, and local people, it, you got a combination of both going there, and uh, and it's and, and there's a combination of wealth from both sides from the toronto and the hamilton area so that's what's 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 driving the market up there so even though burlington has the same but they just it just seems uh, that the numbers aren't happening in burlington hmm. 
Uh, down to Niagara we go. The average sale price in Niagara in January was six fifty nine. It went to six eighty seven in February, six seventy six in March, seven oh six in April. That's the high. Last month, six hundred eighty seven thousand dollars. Yeah. So April was the uh, big month uh, for. Um for selling a home, and that's and that's when I actually sold uh, my parents' house. I knew the market was going to change, and I said we got to move on it quick. And usually, Niagara is a month behind of Hamilton. So, like, if you're, if, so it's funny. And then Toronto is is also ahead. So you got Toronto, Hamilton, and Niagara. So. I'm always talking to uh, agents in Toronto and I'm finding out what's going on there. So I actually almost know what's going to happen in Hamilton. And uh, when I'm talking to a Toronto agent and then I know what's happening in Niagara because I know what's happening in Hamilton quite a bit. So, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so you can gauge it. And I knew that when we, I, I knew when we were entering into the market uh, the market this year, and I knew March, I knew March was, was a peak month. I knew February was going good, and I knew we didn't have much time. And it's hard to gauge how long you can actually sell your house, but I knew March was the month that to sell. And I said, and I said April, you know what, we, we don't know. It could end sometime in April, but March was, uh, was a big month in Hamilton. Even April was a little bit good at the beginning. But, uh, but now things are stabilizing, and it's, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it can't go on forever. So good for the buyers. They, now they've got a chance to, to take a breather uh, in Niagara and, uh, and find something that they can uh, hopefully can afford. We'll wrap up our look around the Hamilton-Burlington-Niagara area on the Hamilton Mountain, where the average sale price in January was just shy of $695,000. It hit uh, $735 in February, $733 in March, April, $739. The biggest month, however, was May, $741,000. Hamilton Mountain is always one of the best markets in Hamilton. It was, it was, it, it, look at that, eh? Just, it's just strong. Uh, so, surprisingly, uh, it was strong in May. And, um, you know, it just, uh, that shows you that everybody wants to live on the mountain here, you know, and that, that's kind of like the second or third, uh, move for most people, especially they, they move in uh, downtown or they move in the East end or they're moving in central or West, uh, down below the mountain. And then, the, and then the next move is up on top of the mountain. And it just depends where they go West mountain. It just, but that seems to be a hot spot for Hamilton, uh, this year. Hmm. You can this month, uh, the month of May. Yeah, definitely. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line is a Rob Golfy sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700 online at robgolfie.com. Earlier this week, there was a great article by Rob Carrick in the Toronto Star, I believe, uh, comparing 1992, when he and his wife bought their home in Toronto, to 2021. Uh, They bought a three-bedroom detached house in East York. It was $215,000, which is amazing. But that was about the average price back then, as he says. Uh, His mortgage rates, or at least the percentage, was 7%, which, you know, again, in the early 90s was, uh, you know, a a, a decent rate. Um, But the average Toronto house price last month was just over a million dollars, one million twenty-five thousand two hundred dollars. Um, back in '92, he says their down payment amounted to less than one quarter of their gross household income. Today, the required amount would be equal to almost one point seven five years of income. Toronto has certainly changed. 
Yes. Um, and, and he mentions in there that, you know, usually there was a formula like um, you should be able to afford to buy a house three times your salary. Yes. Right. So if you're making, you know, if you're making, you know, 50,000 a year, you would buy a 150 to $200,000 house. That's not the case anymore. No, it, it's not. It's just uh, um, with interest rates rising. And, and actually, he in the article, he does mention that he did get a, a good rate of interest because the early 90s, uh, I'm pretty sure the interest rates were close to 10% or more, uh, if, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about 20% the 90s, in the early 80s. <laughs> And twenty percent in the uh, late, late, yeah, late, that's right, in nineteen eighty eighty one. So I don't know how people manage that, <laughs> but people were, uh, and, th- and that was a recession in nineteen eighty. But it's funny though, but housing prices they they've escalated to so high that it, it is becoming unaffordable. And and I'll tell you, and without the interest rates, no, if interest rates were at six to eight percent right now. Nobody, nobody would be able to afford those house prices. There's no way. It's impossible. So that's where you would see housing prices probably adjusting significantly just because of the fact that if nobody, nobody can afford to buy it, they're going to have to come down, right? So if anybody's selling, they're just going to have to come down on price. But he actually um, mentions that, um, that uh, they saved, I think, was it 21000 for the uh, dollars back then, ten yeah. percent down to to buy that house with a little help from their parents. But yeah, it's it's more difficult today. Now they want you know a lot of a lot of the banks want twenty percent down. Um, if you go in five percent, it's still it's still a lot of money. Like you, you're buying a seven hundred thousand dollar house, you know you got to come up with thirty to fifty thousand dollars or or one hundred twenty thousand on a seven hundred thousand dollar one hundred forty thousand. But it just it just it is tough. It is tough. And, and the majority of the young people today are getting help from their parents. And, and God bless that they can do that. But there's a lot of people don't have that, that opportunity or that advantage. And those are the people that actually get stuck and, and falling behind and watching this market go up and up. And, and, and it's just sickening to, the, to them uh, watching it and listening to the news and, and say, hey, real estate prices are up again, up again. And, and, and they want to you know, be able to have a house that they can have their family and they can, you know, enjoy without, uh, without, uh, worrying about, uh, interest, you know, moving or renting or any more like that. So it's, it's sad. It's sad how it's going. Yeah. The average down payment for a house in Toronto, which again, the average price is just over a million bucks, you know, given that the minimum is 20% is $205,000. I'm not sure how people afford that. But in, in addition to that, uh, especially if you're a first time home buyer, the stress test earlier this week also got a, a bump up as well. It's now 5.25%. So when you're applying for a mortgage, you have to qualify at 525. That seems uh, crazy to think that, you know, a, a lot of people are paying, you know, three under three if they can get you know a really good deal um that stress test might knock even more people down a couple of pegs oh it does it's gonna it's gonna make an adjustment of maybe five to seven percent on the on the uh uh purchase price so somebody was looking at a you know on a eight like a eight hundred thousand dollar house they may not be able to qualify that anymore they may have to just go at seven seven sixty or something like that or seven eight you know it just it's just it's just sad it makes it tough and and the government's just trying to you know keep an eye on it so it, it doesn't so it doesn't have a problem like it did in the u s in in uh two thousand nine and two thousand eight 
Uh, good article in The Spectator as well. We only got a minute to, to tee this up, and then we'll discuss it a little bit more after the break. But they interviewed a number of people who are trying to find a rental property in town, including talking with one woman who looked at 150 properties. They actually uh, ended up seeing about 35 of these places in person, finally found a one-bedroom uh, walk-up apartment for just over $1,200. They were evicted from their basement apartment after the upper floor tenants moved out and the landlord wanted to do some renovations, so they basically got, you know, uh, kicked to the curb, so to speak, as the uh, the landlord wanted to spruce things up and obviously, you know, improve things and then obviously uh, charge a higher rental rate for the next uh, people to come in. But we'll talk a little more about uh, Hamilton's rental market and how wild it is, and we'll also discuss how long should a house stay on the market. And we have a couple of listener emails as well from Laura and Brian. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin here on the line, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. They're all over social media. Check out the Golfy team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Don't forget the Golfy team gets it sold and they also do so in a safe manner during the pandemic. So back to this article in The Spectator. Uh, one of the reporters spoke to a number of people who are really pulling their hair out as they're trying to find rental properties in Hamilton and it is a tough go. How crazy is it out there? It, it is bad out there and it's tough and, it, and, it, and, and there's so many people that are looking and there's a lot of people getting evicted. Um, a lot of times landlords right now that owned houses for a long time. There's like, there's the senior landlords that they've owned houses for 20, 30 years. Now, uh, they're pretty well retired and, and, and they're at, at an age where they, they don't want to deal with any, any, you know, any headaches, not saying that uh, tenants are headaches, but just dealing with another property that needs repairs and stuff like that. So they're selling them. And because now's the time they're getting good money for them. So, but what happens is now you get uh, a tenant that has kids going to a certain school in the area. They've been growing up there and now they have to move. Now, now what makes it more difficult, especially with the family is that they are looking for something in the area that where the school kids can keep going to the same school and same neighborhood. It is tough out there. Uh, and, and, and the, and the price of rental is skyrocketed in the last 18 months. It's just been insane. So, and I understand that because I, I own rental properties and sometimes, uh, like when I get a tenant, we had, uh, one family, she got evicted because they were selling. She came to me, she says, look, I, I, I mean, can we, uh, you know, are you planning on selling this place? I said, no, no, I'm going to keep it. I, I, I usually keep my properties. And I said, if, I said, I'll sign a, uh, whatever lease you want. And I think, on that one, uh, we signed a one-year lease, but then the year came up, she said, do you mind if we sign another one year? And and I said, hey, listen, no problem. I, I said, if you want to sign two years, not a problem. Uh, I, to me, I don't hold them to the, le- to the lease after the one year. Like, let's say they signed a two-year lease and they wanted to leave in, in one year instead of two years. I, I'm not going to hold them to it, you know what I mean? Because people's lives change it. But, um, but the thing is, it, it reinforces them that uh, and gives them that security that I'm not going to kick them out. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't kick them out because you've got a lease there. But once you sign a one-year lease, it goes to month to month after that. You can give them 60 days notice to vacate, but you can't have them vacate 
without it being sold yet. So you actually have to show the house with the tenants in there, which becomes frustrating. But I get it. I, I, I get it. Um, you know, tenants are, it's, it's, it's tough out there. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I, there's nothing, I don't know what, what you can do that to, to resolve the problem, except trying to get the landlord to see, you know, where his status is uh, in regards to uh, selling this property down the road, and especially the single family homes. Like it's tough. I get it. It's tough. And, you know, people want to stay there. They just, they're comfortable. They don't want to move. If they pay their rent on time, but with this housing market being so crazy, people are unloading their homes. They're cashing in, and 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 because of that, the the tenants are are in the crossfire. They're the the victims in in this mad market that we're in. Yeah, it really is uh, unfortunate. Uh, earlier this week, Ontario's stay-at-home order uh, officially came to an end. What does this mean for real estate? Is anything going to change? Um, I, well, it, can, it it doesn't show that we we can still do open houses. Um, so pretty well, everything's running uh, the same way as as it was. Um, so it just it just says that uh, that the. Um, that notices are resuming. So now the tenants that had the break, they can get, now they can get an eviction notice uh, if they're not paying their rent before, you know, you can get away with uh, um, uh, having problems with your landlord or the landlord's having problems with the tenant and they, you couldn't evict them before. Now that's going to start that, that could start. So uh, if you're a tenant, uh, you want to get back on the good side of your landlord, you better because uh, now they're, they're opening up the doors to get, to get the evictions uh, going again. And that's probably what has led to the rise in the, the, the credit checks, the application process, because that is really a sore spot for a lot of would-be renters as well. Yeah, so a lot of times I, I don't look at the, uh, I, I do look at the credit check to a certain degree, but a lot of times there's a reason why they, they probably couldn't afford a house, but um, you just you just got to look at the at the character and the credit bureau and how long they've been living there. Um, you know, they, they, you have to look at everything. You can't, uh, you know, go by a, a, a credit bureau because sometimes a lot of people that are renting, um, they, they've gone through a divorce and during that divorce, their credit rating has, has, has been affected mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, the fighting between the spouses. So, but, and, that, and that's what they're looking for. Landlords are looking for the the great credit rating, no pets. There, it's like, and and they can do it because they can they can find people like that because you have ten twenty people yeah. trying to rent the same house. So you can be very very picky on picking your tenant, and it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, it's tough out there. Certainly a long lineup for sure. Speaking of long, how long should a home stay on the market? And we got a couple of listener email questions to get to as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. And one last go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin speaking with Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales at 905-575-7700. Want to get your home sold and fast for top dollar? Go online to robgolfy.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com and follow the Golfy team on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So how long should a house stay on the market, Mr. Golfie? Well, in this market, if your house hasn't sold within uh, three weeks, I think uh, I think there's definitely some issues. Unless it's a unique style house. But um, usually um, less than a month, your house should be sold. 
Um, and if it isn't, then, you know, you've got, uh, you got, you got to do some adjustments to it. And a lot of times what happens is, um, uh, when the house has been on the market that long, you can do a, you know, obviously sometimes it's price and then you could do a price reduction on, on there. So you can just do a price reduction on the, on the same listings. Sometimes we'll can listing, keep it off the market for a week and then relist it. Now, what that does is, is you just removed it. I mean, the people that are searching for houses, they know that house. They know, and they know, they know that when you relist it at a new price, they know that. Uh, but sometimes new buyers come into the marketplace, it looks like a brand new listing. But if you're going to cancel listing and relist, you should do a price reduction. That's the one, one part of it. And, uh, and sometimes it, that when you do that price reduction, it fits into a different price bracket for the buyer. So maybe you were listed at uh, 800000 now you drop it to, you know, seven fifty. Well, you're going to, you're going to, there's going to be a different price uh, um, bracket of buyers in that price bracket. So you're going to start getting showings on it. And, and buyers know they're, they're, they're pretty savvy. They know the prices values better than the realtors, uh, the home, the sellers, because they're looking not only at the house that you have for sale, they're looking at other houses in the area. So, and they're comparing shopping. It's like anything else that people do. So, but yeah. So how long should your house be in the market? Uh, it, it should, it should, you should be sold in less than a month. And, and, and the way the market's been going this, this year for the you know first five, six months, it, it should, it, you should have it sold in less than three weeks. And if it's not sold then then you, you know, you're, you're overpriced mm-hmm. or maybe there's a mistake on the listing. Um, sometimes I do little quirks to, to resend it out. So most agents, when they have their, um, they have on their computer set up that if any listings come up, automatically will email it to their clients. Well, sometimes if I find that we're not getting the action on it, I may do a little twerk on the listing. So it resends it out to the, the, uh, the agent's clients. So that, if there's a little change on the listing, it'll automatically go back to them and say, hey, there's a change on here. So you basically, it's sending it to their email. They're re, they're, now you're putting, they're re-looking at the listing. They're probably wondering, why why is this thing coming back to me? I thought <laughs> I saw this uh, two weeks ago. But sometimes you do a couple of little adjustments just to bring it back to the forefront. And if that doesn't work, then you then you definitely have to re uh, you know uh, do a price adjustment or uh, cancel it and relist it. We'll end we the show. do that often, yeah. a lot of times. We'll end the show with a couple of uh, listener questions. We have one from Laura and Brian. Brian asks, uh, you mentioned pricing a million-dollar home at $900,000. What happens if you don't get a million-dollar offer? Are you obliged to accept, say, a $950,000 offer? No, you're not. Uh, you're not obliged to accept anything. Unless we have your signature on a contract or an agreement between the buyer and the seller, um, you are not ob- obliged to like sell your house at whatever price your house was listed at or anything else. So sometimes we get people say, Hey, I, I thought I was going to get more money for my house and I'm not really happy with the price. And uh, they say no to it. And sometimes they take it off the market or they just wait and wait and see if something will come in uh, for what the price they, they want. And Laura asks, forget auction bids. Why can't all bids just be open, but on paper? People would then have time to think about how much they want to up their bid without the stress or pressure of an auction. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what it is? The, the, um, the, the auction, it shows that there is somebody else involved. Um, with the open bid, 
it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. It's a tough situation. And, and I think they're going to be looking at that down the road. In Australia, actually, we have a, a guy um, that it w- was born and raised in Australia. He lives here. He's a realtor here. And it was funny. I was talking to him about how they do things there with uh, their offers and open bids and closed bids. And I'm, I, I love, I'm going to have him on the show uh, uh, in probably in the next uh, two or three weeks. And, I wanna, and he can explain how they do it in Australia. And he found it was funny, a lot of the things that we do here in Ontario versus Australia. So it'd be, it's going to be a fun, fun conversation to have with him and how they do things in Australia. And, uh, you know, he made, he made some good points that, you know, sometimes to be, uh, uh, that we should change. And I know Australia, they're, they're pretty savvy out there with their real estate. They know that because I do check other Australian, uh, uh, agents, what they do with, you know, videos and check out their sites and everything. So they've got some pretty, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit ahead of us sometimes on doing things out there. Looking forward to hearing that on a future show. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, download the Golfy Real Estate Show wherever you get your favorite podcast as well. Rob, great program once again, and thank you for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. <laughs>